Everybody take out a piece of paper. You've got 60 seconds. Oh, my. Well, we started this year out with a declaration. Does anybody remember what the declaration was and is? Grace, people, come on. If anybody wants to run out to the foyer and look up at the posters swirling around, we declared that this year would be a year of encouragement. Somebody said, Grace, I can't fail you on that, but that was wrong. A year of encouragement. How are we doing? We are almost halfway through this year. We declared at the beginning it would be a year of encouragement. How are we doing? And what does that mean to us, and how hard have we found out that to be? We are still in a pandemic, even though we, here in the United States, are not battling the virus like we were. We hear of reports out of India and nations like that. We are uh, in a time of, of increasing civil unrest. We, uh, many of you have quit watching the news altogether. You try to find your news from different sources because there's a lot of discouragement going on. But again, we made a declaration. We declared that this year would be a year of encouragement. We said at the beginning it wouldn't be easy, and we're finding out that it's not. When you're battling these other things that we're constantly dealing with, things such as inflation. How many have noticed that uh, if you're trying to do a little work on your house, it costs you a whole lot more than it did six months ago versus a year ago? Uh, a few weeks ago with transportation, uh, I went with uh, one of the mechanics to get some lumber uh, for a project, and um, I was shocked myself. The plywood that, that we bought that day was at least four times higher than what I remember it to be just a couple months earlier when I was buying it for another project. You're finding that out. What about food costs? So inflation is, is reality, and we can just go on with the list. And to, to put salt in the wound, <clears throat> then now we have a gas shortage. And we're reminded that there will be these things that are constantly vying for our attention things that we can get caught up in. So again, are we, are we good at focusing on that which is important or do we always find ourselves being a slave to the urgent? If the gas shortage this week, what will it be next week? And again, we have to commit that we want to be people that are encouragers. How many likes an encourager? Every hand should go up. Those even streaming, I can see you. And yet, we get caught up in life and we get caught up in the last bit of news or what just happened to us or what we heard somebody say that we're going to deal with tomorrow. And we have to remain focused upon the truth of God's Word. I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And with this being said, as you're turning there, I have a confession to make. I have never made this confession publicly. And so I need to, to share it with everybody. I'm adopted. <laughs> See how you people are. I know where your minds went. 
I'm adopted. And so are you. That was good, wasn't it? I'm adopted. Stand with me as we read God's Word together. Those of you streaming, I expect you to stand as well. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. <clears throat> so then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But, don't you love that but being there? But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, as daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears a witness with our spirit that we are indeed children of God. And if we're children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding us help us to get focused upon this wonderful, wonderful foundational truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, turn to somebody and say, I'm adopted. There is something that's always ongoing. I could preach it every week. I could teach it every Wednesday with midweek manna. And that is there's always the constant of the spirit battling the flesh. Every one of us know it. We deal with it every day. Every day. Some days, if we were tested, we do very good. At the spiritual level, we go almostly without a hitch. And other days, it seems as though we can't get any traction and we keep spinning in the flesh. Our attitude stinks. Our anger is always flaring. We're always being defensive. We're always down in our spirit and in our mind. We're always battling. We're always caught up in gossip. We're always caught up and caught up and caught up and caught up. We battle it. We never totally get to a place in this life where that particular boxing match or wrestling match is going on. And I guess the great visual is to see that ring. Now, not a round ring, but that, that ring called the boxing ring or the wrestling ring that's cubicle in form. And in that, we know there are the four corners. Especially in the boxing match, we're reminded where the boxers start from opposite corners. And that's where we find ourselves always coming to the middle of the ring and battling. But the real question now is this. To which corner do I retire to each day? When you start off knowing that over here is spirit and over here is flesh... And we've been so caught up in the minutia of the day, so caught up in all the events of the day, which corner are we assigned to? Which one do we go back to automatically? 
Where did we start from and where are we returning or where are we going? That's the ongoing question. Many of us would be very honest and say, well, I started the day off pretty good. I heard about a guy that uh, he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, I tell you, today has been incredible. It's been awesome. It's been wonderful. It's the best day I've had in a long, long, long time. I haven't fought with anybody. I haven't fussed with anybody. I haven't cussed anybody. I have not got caught up in any gossip. I have just had a perfect day. But Lord, in just a few minutes, I'm going to get out of bed. And you can get caught up here all day long, and it's, again, I just need to retire. It doesn't really matter which corner I go to. And you may find yourself going to the corner of flesh. The other thing to always think of in that wrestling match or that boxing match is there's several rounds. And you find yourself getting pummeled for a while, but you have to remind yourself, I'm going to get a reprieve. We've got to tell ourselves that. We are pressed on every side, but not crushed. We can be perplexed, but we don't have to be in despair. We can be cast down, but not destroyed. And in those moments where we're losing the battle, we're losing the moment, we're losing the opportunity, remember there is grace that says, but this isn't the end. Go back to the corner, get refreshed, get renewed. We've already heard a testimony today what church can be for us. It's a renewal to be with the family of God, to hear the songs of praise. I need this to go back to that family I live with. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that, am I? Or that situation at work. Or the battle I'm dealing with in myself. I've got to, I, I, I like being here, but later on it's just me. And I don't even like me. It's ongoing struggle. If we would read on, the next thing that Paul said is, but the sufferings of this time that's present. In other words, it's a reality for all of us. We battle in this life. We suffer in this life, I don't have to ask for amens because we know they're already automatic. We can go weeks doing well, but then there's a time of suffering. There's a season of suffering. For some of us, it's every day. There are people that battle physically, aching in their physical body every day. It's a suffering every day. Others of us don't appreciate till we get around it, or we're dealing with a season of suffering in the body. But what a suffering of the mind, suffering of loss of things. So we're reminded in this, this round one, round seven, round whatever, we are reminded that the sufferings of this time that is called present isn't worthy to be compared to what's ahead. To remain encouraged, to remember that in this life we do suffer. If you would read on in the same passage, you would find he talks about all of creation is groaning. And we ourselves groan, awaiting. Awaiting. Awaiting what? The full adoption. You see, we are adopted as we come to faith. Not just any faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we confess our sins to him and ask him, him to forgive us of our sin. No other. He is the Savior of the world. We know we're born again. And in that moment, that glorious moment, we get adopted. 
The thing about adoption is this. It's a process. Some of you have been through that process. Some have been adopted in this life. You've adopted someone else. And anyone I've walked with or I know of, I always hear about all the things that they have to go through, all the things that have to be examined and checked out. It is a process. And so it is with the child of God. This thing called adoption is a process. And right there's biblical evidence of it that all of creation is with us groaning until we're fully adopted. How many times doing a funeral, memorial service, am I reminded of that truth? The adoption has finally been consummated. That body groaned, but it finally was laid to rest. And now the adoption of full, pure spirit has happened. You and I aren't there yet. We're getting closer every day and we know it. It is being reminded again of this process of adoption. But here is even the most incredible part of adoption. Adoption is a choice. Let that sink in. It's a choice. When it comes to natural birth, mom and dad just gets what comes out. Somebody needs to laugh. Come on. <laughs> I was reminded of a Conway Twitty song this week, one of his favorite songs. You're the reason our kids are ugly. <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes to it, see how spiritual I can get? It's amazing. Think about those of you that have siblings. Did you choose them? No, I'm stuck with them. But adoption's a choice. When it comes to natural, there's a lot of wonderful things, obviously. But this dynamic, and yes, we can go on. I know there's somebody out there that's exacting. Well, it's a choice that we wanted children together. I'll give that to you. But I'm preaching, so leave it to yourself. Adoption's a choice. No, we have found this person, many times a child. Yes, yes, we would. We choose this child to take on our name, to have access to whatever is ours, to have every privilege that we can afford this child. So then we ask ourselves about adoption, it being a process, and yes, even more importantly, a choice. We come to this truth now that we are children of God. That's shouting ground in itself, but we are heirs of God Almighty. Amen. Not only that, but we are joint heirs, co-heirs with Jesus Christ himself. You ask then, what am I an heir of? I'm so glad that you ask. Oh, I've been there with families in the reading of the will. What am I getting? I've always been told it would be this. I hope that I receive this. I have no idea. All those different emotions and thoughts. 
When we go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, it says, and in these latter times, it wasn't a prophet that spoke. It was the very Son of God that spoke. The one who has inherited all things. So when we become a joint heir with Jesus Christ, we become an heir of all things, whether in heaven or whether in earth. When it comes to heaven, we know by adoption, being chosen to be in this family, that we hear about golden streets. And do you know whose those are? They're ours because we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Walls of pure jasper, gates of pearl. Oh, and we just go on with the extravagance, the glorious riches that heaven affords us. When full adoption happens. But you also understand we're already adopted now. And he's already received all things. The one who uh, spoke all things into existence. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God. And there was nothing created that was not created by him. So that speaks to us in the now. How many needs mercy today? You can receive that through the one who is the heir of all things. How many needs grace today? You can come boldly into the throne room and say, Hey, my name in my case is Randall Brian Brooks, born August 12, 1959 to Lyman and Jean Brooks. And you know what? I know who my daddy is, and I know what he has wielded to me, and I know who I am in him. I have been adopted by him, and I am his son. I can come boldly into this throne room to receive whatever I have need of. You see, it's not this cheap stuff. Oh, I just wish that I had a BMW in my driveway. You may not want that BMW six months down the road. I don't know. We get so caught up in the minutia of the moment in the wrestling ring. And we forget the important I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. We sing about it. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Eliza Mill, you're a child of God. Veronica, you're a child of God. You know what that makes you? That makes you a somebody. That no matter what you go through, you know that you're a child of the Most High. Well, I don't have a thing to my name. Then live on his name, the heir of all things. I am a joint heir with him. John the Revelator penned these words down in Revelation 1 and 6, that he has made us to be a kingdom of priests. Many versions will break it down and say we've been made kings and priests in his kingdom. Peter put it down, 1 Peter 2 and 9 tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We once were in darkness, but now we're in that marvelous light. Carrie, as we get ready to close out this morning, we're reminded as well in that passage how important we are because we realize we are his people, his people. Deuteronomy 32, as God was instructing Moses, they were dividing up the land. 
with the tribes. The word went forth and said, I am dividing and giving the fixed borders to the nations. But the Lord's portion isn't found in landmass. The Lord's portion is his people. From the very beginning of this thing to the present, to our future, it's the Lord's people that's his portion. Will you stand with me today?